Hi, everyone. This is Todd Fields of the Worship Circle Podcast, and we hope you're doing great and having a good summer. Uh, we apologize that it's been a while since we've had an episode, but we're back, and we've just got a really good conversation to you with our special guest, who I'll introduce in just a moment. Before we do that, we have some ways coming up in our ministry for you to connect that are going to be highly beneficial to you right where you are, where God's got you planted. The first one is our rest retreat. We do this every year. This, this time it's going to be October 25 to 27 in the North Georgia mountains at Woodlands Camp with some dear friends. These friends are Kim Walker-Smith, Matt Marr, Meredith Andrews, Rita Springer, Tasha Cobbs-Leonard, Travis Green, Charlie Hall, Steve Fee, Mac Brock, Paul Balash, and myself. And we love this retreat, guys, because so many of us are into high production ministry and we do a lot during the year, Sunday to Sunday with events and everything. And this is a time for you to just put all that on pause and get away to just be loved on and cared for by some dear brothers and sisters who some you may know and some may be friends you make for the first time. But our coaches love to be able to sit down and have meals with you and answer questions. And we have just really intimate, awesome times of worship and teaching. And it's just a good time to pull away from the doing of ministry and just be and to hear from God. So to register for that, we still have some spots available it is limited because we keep it small because we want you to be able to have um, good connection and connecting points with our team. But go to worshipcircle.com forward slash rest. That's www.worshipcircle.com forward slash rest to register for that. Again, it's October 25 to 27. The other event we have coming up is an online gathering. It's called the Summit. Now we do this twice a year. The next one's August 18th and registration for that goes live in a week and you can already get on a waiting list if you want to go ahead and do that at worshipcircle.com forward slash summit. That's where you register. But the summit is really just a taste of worship circle. So if you've heard about our ministry, if you've heard about small groups and what can happen when we're known in small group community, uh, we want that for you. And the summit gives you an opportunity to, to check that out. So you get to choose the mentor small group you want to be in. And you're going to be in that small group with them for about an hour and a half. You guys are going to get to know each other. Just tell a little bit about who you are, what you do, a little bit of your story. And then each coach will teach some in that time, just share their heart and, and what God's doing in them and some things that he's put on their heart for you for the summit. And then we'll all come together in a massive, large group teaching time. That's always so much fun because there's so many people from around the world online at the same time. So that's coming again, worshipcircle.com forward slash summit. Sign up for that. It's first come, first serve. And if you want a specific mentor, um, you need to register earlier for that because once um, some of the small groups fill up, you just get um, put in a small group that we assign to you because you didn't register early enough. So go ahead and do that, and we'll gladly help you. If you have any questions at all, you can contact us on our website, and we'll be happy to help. Well, today's guest is uh, a man named Mr. Mac Brock, and Mac was uh, part of the Elevation Church ministry for quite a few years. I met Mac years ago um, here in the Georgia area, and and uh, he was working with a good friend of mine, Jason Horde, who produces a lot of projects for people, and uh, just love what God's done through Mac through the years, and reached out to Mac through, uh, actually through Jason not too long ago, and as we pray about expanding our worship circle team with mentors and coaches, I talked to Mac about that. So Mac is actually going to be a worship circle mentor in our next term, which starts in October. You can sign up for his small group at worshipcircle.com 
forward slash program, and you can choose him on the list of the small group that you'd like to be in. Send in your application and we'll see. But we love Mac. We love what God is doing through him, what he's done through him. And I know you're going to find this conversation to be inspiring, encouraging, and also extremely helpful, just some practical insights for you and where God has you planted right now in this season of your life of worship ministry. So it's my honor to introduce my friend, Mac Brock. Hello, everyone. It is my joy and honor this day to have a good friend. Actually, Mac, a long time ago, we met years ago at Jason Horde's studio. We were just talking about it. <laughs> yep. Back in the day when you guys were at Elevation, we were just getting started, and that was 11 years ago. What in the world happened to yeah. time? <laughs> I know. It's just a vortex. <laughs> <laughs> you blink and the kids are growing up too fast and yep. everything's going by. Before we know it, it just takes off like nobody's business but um man it's an honor to have you with us today and guys just right off the bat mac's going to be jumping in with worship circle with our team um leading a small group coming up in the fall so yeah i'm excited about that yeah man for if you're a guy worship leader and the idea of um being mentored by mac and just having access to him monthly in a small group with other guys that are getting real is on your radar then that's going to be a lot of fun man we're looking forward to it yeah well mac let's just dig in um just uh, how in the world or when in the world did you start getting into this thing we call worship leading? What was that like for you as your, as a youngster? Yeah. So my dad is a pastor. Okay. He's a Southern Baptist pastor in South Carolina. Amen. And so I grew up in the church and grew up, uh, and my mom is a musician. My mom's a drummer. No and way. So I grew up just kind of surrounded by church and by music and naturally led to you know, playing in the youth band. And we had a, my youth pastor growing up was very into worship and and music, Mm -hmm. which was the first kind of my exposure to that, I guess. And so, yeah, just kind of grew up doing it, doing the youth group thing. And my whole life growing up, I did not want to be a worship leader. And it was very (laughs) much like, well, this is like in front of me, so I'll do it. But in my mind, I was like, Worship music's not cool. Like I'd rather yeah. be doing other, you know, other stuff, whatever. And one of the things I say often is just how grateful I am for the Lord's patience in my life. Yeah. <laughs> and for the Lord, you know, not choosing to say, well, if you're not into this, I'll go and find a hundred other people that yeah. are more than happy to take your spot. And he let me just kind of walk through the journey of, and work out my own heart stuff and my own youthful arrogance and all that stuff to, you know, eventually. The worship is became became like what I was most passionate about, yeah. and it's my favorite style of music, and it's my favorite like offering to the Lord yeah. is getting to getting to lead worship, and so that's a lot of you know my journey, yeah, kind of in this space that we're in. What were some of the? Because um, I think we all went through that thing. I did with Christian music in general, where I was like, "This is not cool. I don't connect with this." Um, and then there were some music that came out like White Heart and. I remember Morgan Cryer had an album with King's X that was his band that I was like, oh my gosh, this sounds amazing. Oh, I remember King's X. Yeah, dude. So <laughs> what, um, what, was, what were some of the things maybe worship-wise in those 
streams that you were hearing that kind of changed your mind and God started using to draw you toward? Yeah, it was actually like a like a twofold thing. I think for the longest time, it was like a musical style thing that I just was not connected to. And then I came across, you know, Hillsong and United and all the stuff that they were doing. And it really inspired me musically. And it it was kind of, I don't know, they they a little bit like tore down a lot of the walls that I had put up of like what worship music could be. But then on the flip side of that, I think even in my, I don't know, like I said, like as as a, Youth, I was very arrogant in my music taste or very, you know, what what I like is the best and everything mm-hmm. else is lame. And the Lord like really changed my heart, even leading songs that I didn't think were cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember there was, there was some time at church that I was like leading this, like a worship song that in my mind, I thought this song sucks. Yeah. And... I still saw how people connected to it. Yeah. And I still saw how people used this song that I thought was lame to to as an offering of worship to God. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, the Lord like came down so hard in my spirit of of saying, like, almost like, how dare you <laughs> like yeah. kind of judge this offering that people are are giving to me? Like yeah. that's not your place. And and it really, I don't know, it really humbled me and it really kind of changed my whole perspective. Uh, so just my view of like what a worship song could be and what it meant to actually like worship is way more than a song style. It's way yeah. more than, you know, a personal preference. And so really the Lord refined so much of my spirit through that process. It's crazy how, you know, it's, this is a side story and you may connect with this, but I remember the first time I heard 10,000 reasons on Matt Redman's album. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was listening to it, I was like, well, that's cool. Yeah. And then it was like, I'm, I didn't think about leading it. I didn't think about any. It was kind of like, well, that's a cool song. Yeah. And then you get in a room with people and all of a sudden it just, there's songs like that that take off that were meant for corporate expression. Right, you know? right, right. And as you say that, I'm imagining you kind of go, yeah, this is okay. And then you, you get in the room and it, it yeah, takes on a life and, of its own. And it was a weird thing for me too of like, I felt very convicted of my attitude towards one, my attitude towards a worship song, but two, like my attitude towards me still leading it. Like I yeah. was like leading kind of like this, like fake leading this song that I didn't like whatever. And my heart was just in such like, not a good spot leading it. And the Lord like one, the Lord still allowed me to like be used just yeah. because of his grace and his mercy. And yeah. his, like I said, his patience. Um, but two, just that he allowed that moment to really shift my heart. And he used that as like a, you know, mm-hmm. continuing to mold me and to mold, to mold my spirit and to mold my heart towards him. Yeah. What, um, what was your songwriting journey like? Cause I know, you know, for all of us, it's like, I'm going to try songwriting. <laughs> yeah. And it's, uh, yeah. I grew up writing songs for bands that I was playing really? with, you know, like, so okay. I grew up, uh, you know, Played in a couple of bands just all throughout high school and college and all that stuff. And it was always, you know, writing towards that. But it wasn't until I came on staff at Elevation that I even knew about what, like, kind of collaborative Mm. songwriting was (laughs) for the church, you know? And so that was a a learning experience for me is, like, writing with other people and writing for a group of people, you know, early on. 
and I, and I would still say this is the case, but but we were writing very specifically towards elevation yeah. uh, church and what yeah. the Lord was doing through that church, and and so in a lot of ways, like that songwriting journey, that was just like a what is God teaching us as a church? What does He want to us to express back to Him? And mm-hmm. let's write towards that. So in a lot of ways, it was very good because it was pointed, and there was. Yeah themes that we were writing towards that were, you know, specific towards our church. But it was definitely a learning curve trying to write with other people for the first time. How much of it for you has been the discipline of just saying, hey, I'm going to write versus something in you that says um, this, like this, whatever's in me right now, it has to come out because I, yeah, it's therapeutic. I would say (laughs) it's 90% for me of I need to write, yeah. regardless of whether <laughs> I'm feeling it or not. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's so much. There's there's so many times that I would wait for inspiration or wait for a moment. Yeah, and they just never come. Yeah. <laughs> and so if I didn't, if I just spent my time waiting, I would not have any songs. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah. it's been that's that's something that I learned early on is just it's something that I have to do and it can be seasonal for me. Yeah. It's seasonal. Like I'll have seasons where I'm writing every yeah. day. Then I'll have seasons where I'm only writing, you know, once a week or, you know, every other week or something like that. But it's definitely something that I've trained myself to do, whether I feel like it or not. Let me ask you this, Mac, because you've actually been a prime example of this, but you know, there's a lot of leaders that um, maybe not a lot, but a good many that say, Hey, I'm in a church and, my pastor or our, our culture, we want to start writing. And it's always that question we get, like, how do you do that? <laughs> and, yeah. And it's, there's feelings involved and, you know, gifting involved and, you know, keeping a small camp of people versus open the doors to everybody. Like, do you have any just pointers off the top of your heart and head about kind of best practices that you've seen or, or learned along the way from trial and error um, for a church leader who would say, hey, I want to take a stab at that idea. Yeah. Is any thoughts? I think, I think first off is having kind of the heart behind it very clear. You yeah. know, is this like, we, we want to write songs. I, I always encourage churches to write songs for their church and for their people. Yeah. And their people are going to connect to those songs in a really special way. I've seen it over and over again, where mm-hmm. a song will connect to a church simply because it was birthed out of that church, yeah. you know? And it might not be what a beautiful name or 10,000 reasons. It might not be at that kind of like yeah. quality level, but a church will still like grab hold of it. So I yeah. always encourage people to do that um, or to at least try. Um, I think it's good to one, like get, get on the same page with your lead pastor or your leaders and make sure that y'all are kind of working towards a goal together. Yeah. And then it is like finding the people on your team that you think have the skill set for songwriting and have the gift for songwriting. I know that there's going to be a lot of people on your team that think they have the gift, but they don't. (laughs) Um, And one thing that I've just seen is like a practical, uh, a practical challenge is put it in your team's hand to get you songs. And so create like a Dropbox and say, Hey, if you have songs that you want to submit yeah. For me to listen to or submit to the team, here's the Dropbox link, send us the lyrics and all that stuff. And honestly, just that, I don't want to say it weeds out people, but that's like one step of like putting it in their yeah. court. 
you know, and putting it in their responsibility to come to you instead yeah. of just saying like, I'm going to have the songwriting night, everybody's welcome. Yeah. And then just everybody comes That's and good. it kind of becomes a big mess. I, I prefer to start off like, let people submit stuff, let people kind of take on the responsibility themselves, yeah. then help them when they submit a song, bring it back to them and say, here's what I love about this song. Here's what That's I think good, you could yeah. work on. Or you then take that song and say, hey, let's get together and let's finish this together or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's it's a dual, put it in their court, but then also kind of help them through the process. That's good. It's almost, uh, um, when we talk about auditioning people, a lot of times I recommend like send in a YouTube video. Right. Because one step removed from actually having, you know, not having to be, but but occupying somebody in that physical space, it's just helpful for everybody. You get to save time. Yep. Be, you know, make a better decision about your time and help them in the I, process. It also rises up the people that like really want it, that are yep. hungry for it. They'll actually yeah. put in the work to make a little demo of their song to, That's you know, good. to send it all out. Um, yeah. So I think it's a helpful process. You've written a lot of songs um, people are familiar with. I, I love the song I Am Loved, and I just wanted to ask you kind of what that came from. Was that like, hey, I need to write a song, or was God doing something? <laughs> you know? so, so I wrote, I mean, it was one of those I set aside a week yeah. um, to write with with various people and various friends of mine, and kind of was like, this is a week that I'm like songwriting. And so that, that song came out of one yeah. of those sessions uh, with Jonathan Smith and Jason Ingram, who are also you know, well-known songwriters. And I think the theme for that song just came out of, you know, I grew up as a pastor's kid, always being told Jesus loves you, you know, his grace is all you need. Mm -hmm. And my parents were such good parents of like, not creating a bubble for me just as a pastor's kid, you know, like they were just real protective of that. Yeah. And but at the same time, I still, and maybe it was just growing up in the church or growing up hearing something so much that you become numb to it. I still mm. had this weird, distorted perception of God over me. You know, yeah. I had this weird perception that God was always annoyed with me, very frustrated every time I mess up. Why are you doing this again? And, mm-hmm. and I carried that kind of burden and that distorted view for most of my life. Yeah. And maybe even until like I became a dad that I started really understanding the father's love for mm-hmm. his sons and his daughters. And, and that it's, it's totally built on like, it's a, like a mad love, like, and yeah. you know, a reckless love, like this love that doesn't make sense because it is built from his heart, you know, not of anything that I can do or anything that I don't do. It's not going to change his love for me. And so that's where, you know, just that idea of like, God doesn't look at us with disappointment yep. and God doesn't look at us. We carry a lot of shame ourselves, but God never looks at us ashamed yeah. of us. You know, uh, he's, he's hopeful for us and he sees yeah. our potential and he, and he just wants us to, to receive his love. And so that's kind of where that song came out of. That's beautiful. I saw a post you did the other day and your daughter was working on a song. <laughs> <laughs> My daughter, she's always working on songs. Dude, that's so incredible. Has she been doing that for a while now? I mean, it started chill, just going on walks as a family. She's always just singing, but she's just making up her songs. And um, and so then I would start, you know, I'll sit down at the piano and she'll sit down with me and yeah. I'll just play something and let her kind of sing. And it's, yeah, 
she kind of keeps us busy. She's, she's got it, man. She's got a <laughs> I great voice. I think she voice. does. Yeah. Yeah. She does so, have a great voice. It's just cool to knowing your story and what God's entrusted to you and then having your kid do that. It's really special. Yeah. She kind of leans into it. She really, yeah. She's in the stage now where she's kind of taking piano lessons and yeah. that's mostly distracted uh, <laughs> during those <laughs> lessons. But yeah, I think she's got something on her. That's so cool. Mac, what have been some of the most defining moments in your faith journey? Just maybe where your faith was tested and um, mm. it was kind of like, God, are you there? <laughs> How's this going to work out? Um, I'd just love to ask that because it strengthens all of our faith, you know, when we. Yeah, I think, you know, f- for me, there have been many seasons in my life that there have been a wilderness yeah. or a desert. And. I don't know. I just even like look at me and my wife just celebrated 15 years of marriage and there are definitely seasons. I mean, so many seasons of Mm -hmm. looking back and seeing like, man, that was a wilderness season or, you know, even stepping away from elevation. It felt that was a weird thing for us because it was like, we're, we kind of like being here and and we're good here and we could be here our whole lives. And we felt like the Lord just kept saying like, your assignment's done. You need to step away. We didn't have any idea what was next or what was to come. Mm -hmm. Um, And it felt very scary. Uh, And the Lord has continued just to prove, Mm -hmm. I don't want to say prove himself, but he's just continued to show up and make Mm -hmm. himself very, like, make himself uh, known to us in that season. And one of the encouraging things that that we've kind of walked through is just, in every wilderness that we've gone through, there's always been some sort of breakthrough or there's always been some sort of mm. relief, you yeah. know, that has come. And when you look at scripture and you see Joseph's story or you see Moses' story or or even Jesus stepping into the desert, you know, before he began his ministry, there's always that time of desert mm. and that time of valley before the Lord like really kind of deposits in you like what he wants to do. Yeah. Um that's good. And that encourages me. And that's, you know, it doesn't take away the anxiety or the stress that might come along with being in the wilderness. It yeah. doesn't take away like the tangible, I'm afraid, mm. you know, yeah. sometimes that's still there, yeah. but it does give me hope that I don't have, like, I don't have to build my life on that fear. I don't have mm. to, you know, I can, I can trust the Lord and I can speak truth to myself, even if I don't feel it. And one of the mm. things, you know, this is something that, my wife and I, we go back to a lot is and we talk about a lot and we go back and we write, you know, write down when the Lord shows up and we, and so that we can always go back to those moments mm-hmm. of saying like, okay, remember when we were here and yeah. how scared we were yeah. and that the Lord kind of showed up and did this. When we moved to Charlotte for the first time, <laughs> my, like, you know, my mind was set on a totally different career path than yeah. leading worship. And we felt like the Lord said, y'all need to move to Charlotte. Y'all don't know anybody there. Y'all don't have any friends. You don't know any musicians, but y'all need to go there and be a part of this church that's starting. And so we did it. And the first year we were terrified and we kept feeling like, all right, let's get out. Like, not let's get out because we weren't happy, but we were just like, I don't, we don't know what we're doing. And, Mm -hmm. And we don't know if like we're cut out for this. Maybe we should go back to, you know, our original plan and the Lord just kept saying, no, like, stay faithful, stay planted, stay rooted. And we mm. got to see so much, you know, take place over that time period that we were there. And and it's been that 
story over and over and over again in our lives of kind of the fear, the anxiety, the stress, but still Mm. saying yes. And then, you know, the Lord kind of breathing on it or the Lord kind of revealing why he wanted us to do that. And so there've been time, time and time again that the Lord has done that. So when you guys moved to Charlotte, where were you moving from? We're moving from South Carolina. Okay. It wasn't too far, you know, it wasn't too far away. Um, but I was kind of, I was still in school, finishing up college, and our our heart was in Los Angeles. We were really? kind of wanting to move to Los Angeles and yeah. just kind of be a part of, like, I wanted to do music for like TV and film. Yeah. That, like, I wanted to be in the, like, the business side of that. That sure. was my goal. And, and we were like, well, let's move to Charlotte. We love, you know, we love this church. Let's try that and see, uh, you know, at least like until I'm finished school, we can do, do this. And yeah, the Lord changed our hearts and redirected our path. And we just kept saying, yes, man, that's an amazing story. God is good. Um, practical thing just for all the leaders out there that lead week to week. Um, it can be crazy cause you're in meetings. Um, there's a lot of production stuff that goes into it. Any, yes. <laughs> any point any pointers on things that you've done in the past just to protect your soul from being you know just worn out or have you yeah. just had that also happen and had to learn you know I had a pretty pretty significant like moment where I could tell that I was getting close to burnout and I could mm. tell you know I'm I'm close to empty. Yeah. And I think being able to catch yourself before that is so crucial because it's yeah. really hard to come. Once you are burnout, yeah. it's hard to come back for that yeah. from that. And so I was lucky that I felt like I noticed the signs of like, I'm feeling depleted. I'm feeling worn out. And so for me, one of the things that I did is I started to figure out what are the things, it, you know, I took all of the responsibilities that I had. Mm-hmm. And I pretty much like broke them up into two categories of like, what is the thing that I can do best and that, you know, I'm the best person for this job and I'm the best yeah. candidate to like to get this done. And then what are the things that I have held on to too tight, but I need to let them go That's good, and let yeah. somebody else take that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I figured that stuff out and then I solved the salute, like solved the problem of like, okay, who needs to take over? setting up the Ableton session, who needs to take over, whatever it might be, you know, making yeah. chord charts. Uh, and even, it was such a weird thing for me because I, I still felt like I'm the best person to do this. No one's going to care about this as much as me. No mm-hmm. one's going to take the detail that I do for our <laughs> click tracks. And the moment that I handed it off to another leader and and kind of raised them up and taught them how to do it, wow. they took it way farther than I ever could. And they, you know, they cared way more about building that session than I ever could. But I I say that to say the moment when I went through that whole process, I was able to go to my supervisor, my boss. And instead of saying, hey, I'm burnout or I'm close to burnout, I need you to solve this. I, I was able to come to him and say, hey, I'm close to burnout. Yeah. Here's how I'm trying to fix it. Yeah. And and was able to kind of bring solutions to the table just so I'm not just kind of dumping all mm. my stuff on him to fix my 
life and to fix my responsibilities. That's um, good, yeah. Yeah, and so I think that that's, you know, that's important. Uh, the other thing that I always try to encourage worship leaders for to is, you know, I get we're we're in such a unique position because the job never ends. It's it's every 7 days that we're, mm-hmm. you know, planning and it's so easy to get kind of bogged down with the week to week that yeah. we never look at the big picture and look at where we're mm-hmm. going and and so whatever system you can have in your own life to spend some dedicated time to looking at the big picture what are the goal like the long term goals that you have maybe it is songwriting maybe it's recording an album maybe it's you know a special mm-hmm. worship night or something you know that apart from a sunday morning you want to have a night once a month or once a quarter where you're going to have like just a night of worship, whatever it might be, but having dedicated time set aside to those like long-term goals, the big picture things, I think is so important because it's, you know, take it from me. It's so easy Mm -hmm. to just ignore all of that stuff because you're in survival mode trying to get by week to week to week. Yeah. I think there's, there's this thing in us, especially as guys that feel like the more we have on our plate, it's there's it's a sick it's a sickness but it's like hey if i'm in charge of more then that's a good yeah, thing <laughs> right and uh you know we work with so many leaders who they they're called worship pastor but they're in charge of video audio right <laughs> like set on the stage everything and it's that whole delegation thing is really important it's so important and if you have people on your team that are hungry to yeah. to be leaders and are hungry to take on more like pour into them and and help them to do that. And like I said, I mean, as simple as it is, like building an Ableton session, yeah. like I mean it, like I thought that I was the, that nobody could do it as good as me. <laughs> and so I did it for years and years and years. And the moment that I released that to somebody else, they took it. I mean, I don't even understand what's going on <laughs> with the system now. You know, they the things that they were able to do it helped our team so much. Mm. I just had a thought I wanted to ask you about green room culture. Mm -hmm. Um, You've been a part of that, you know, you guys green room. There's, I've just been, I've seen it all, you know, I've seen churches where it's like, um, we're never in the green room. We're always sitting somewhere in a service and we're leading and then we're part of the whole thing. And then somewhere it's like, we're in this service and then we take a break in the green room and we laugh and share and have a good time. (laughs) Right. Just any thoughts from your experience on that whole thing for those teams that are, that's part of their life, you know? Yeah. I mean, for me, I've always been, um, I like to do, like, I love the team aspect of worship yeah. teams and I love uh, the community that's built in that. I, I do think it's important to, you know, have a time that we're all sitting in service together or yeah. all kind of like a part of the, it's so easy to just never go in church. And to yeah. just never be connected to what the church is doing, you know? Yeah. And so I do think it's important to just still be connected to what the pastor is preaching and, and what where the church is going. You do that through like sitting in together. I also think it's important to build that community. And so I think it's, I love the time in green rooms where you're hanging with the team and you're getting to know, like, yeah. hear what's going on in everybody's life. Um, And then I also really see the importance of having that rest. And having that, mm-hmm. you know, I'm an introvert. And so I need just at least like a little bit of time before yeah. <laughs> I walk out on stage just to myself, just to kind of re, <laughs> you know, yeah. revamp, refuel, get get my energy up. 
Uh, mm. Because what we do is important. And what we do is, I don't know, we have to go in with a clear heart, clear mind. It, I mean, because it is easy. You know this. It's very easy to be in default mode yeah. of going out and singing a song. Yeah. But it's very hard to go on default fault mode and to try to lead worship and yeah. to try to actually lead God's people into his presence and to encounter him in a you know special, unique way, whatever he wants to do. Uh, and so doing whatever you need to do to, to where you're filled up and you're ready to go, I think is important. Mac, any pointers on just one of the things I'm big on is like verbal communication. And a lot of leaders are like, we don't get trained in that. We don't think about it. We have our defaults. We say anything just from your experience that you would pass on that's helpful. What do you mean verbal communication? Like from stage? Well, just, yeah, just, you know, hey, we're going to sing this song and we have this opportunity just to put it on autopilot and do the song. Or, yeah, everyone lift your voice. Yeah, lift your voice. Let's worship. You know, all the yeah. things we can all say, right. but just digging a little deeper to actually invite people to connect and participate versus be a bystander. Yeah. I think one one thing uh, is I like to know what the song that we're leading is very well. And I, yeah. what are the lyrics that we're saying? You yeah. know, I've been on stage so many times leading a worship song that I've never once thought about what the song yeah. was actually saying, you know, or yeah. what it meant, what we were saying. And right. when I started just really, really paying attention, what are these lyrics speaking? Mm-hmm. I felt like it gave me an opportunity in those moments of speaking and in those moments of of trying to lead people to say like, hey, here's what, here's why we're going to say what we're about to say. This is what mm-hmm. this means. So when we say, uh, when we're singing, I've seen you move, I'll yeah. see you do it again. This is why we're saying it. We're saying it because we can. We all have a story that God has showed up in our lives, and yeah. we can use that story to build our faith to what He's going to do again in our lives. So that's what we're going to sing together. Let's declare this together. You know, it gives me a chance yeah. to like explain to people, this is why we do what we do. This is the, this is why we're singing the, these particular lyrics. Yeah. So I, that's like an easy thing is just to make sure you're you're understanding what's the heart of this song. That's good. What's the yeah. heart of this verse? What's mm-hmm. the what's the meaning of this bridge? And you can kind of bring people along in that, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you don't need to do it all the time. You don't need to do it before each section yeah. <laughs> of the song. But but finding those moments of saying like, yeah. here's here's a moment that I'm gonna use to reconnect people to the heart of what we're doing mm-hmm. you know and and then we'll take it from there love it man um two things and then we'll close one i can't get out of my mind your mom playing drums like i'm like oh she's all, she still plays drums at my dad's church every it's, sunday it's crazy because you re- <laughs> it's like jason horde's mom plays upright bass like and once oh, yeah. you see that you're like his mom is playing bass and i'm envisioning your mom <laughs> on drums and most most people in their lifetime will not be able to say that my mom. Hey, she's a not a timid drummer either. She plays yeah. hard. Does she really? Yeah, she's awesome. Does she play rock and roll? I mean, the whole oh, thing. Oh yeah. Oh Unbelievable. yeah. Unbelievable. That's yeah. so cool. Well, that just I, I, you said that early on in the interview, and I was like, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, she's tough. Let's end with this. Um, I've probably not been a great reader most of my life. I've read some. I'm getting into it a lot more now, and um, just any. Are you a reader at all? Any books that have been instrumental in your journey? I'm not really a reader either, okay. <laughs> um, my, which is funny. My wife is in like the literary 
publishing world. Oh, wow. so she's reading all the time. Yeah. Um, and so I'm not, yeah, it's rare that I'm, you'll catch me reading a book, but I do, you know, if there's things that come through or, or a friend sends me something or something like that, I'll usually try to, you know, go yeah. through it. Um, probably one of the most impactful books for me, and this isn't a, I don't know, this isn't like a underrated book or anything, but is Ragamuffin Gospel yeah. was like a book, you know, that's a common book for people, but that book, mm. that really changed my life. Yeah. Um in a profound way. And and I go back to that book often to be mm. encouraged and to be inspired. And yeah, that's probably the biggest one for me. Yeah. Brennan, man. Yeah. God rest so special. Amazing guy. Um, well, Mac, it's been an honor to have you with us today. Thanks for your time. And Hey, I'd love it. If you could pray us out and just as, as you pray, think about the listeners and those leaders that are in the unseen right now, yeah. just being yeah. faithful, man. Yeah. Father God, we are um, grateful just that we get to get together and and talk about you and talk about mm-hmm. your impact on our lives and, and our ministry. And I just pray for everybody that's listening right now, every worship leader, every team leader, um, every musician, vocalist, whoever it might be that's serving at their church. I pray for uh, just a renewed passion, renewed, fresh vision for what they do. I pray that you encourage them, build their confidence that what they do matters, that it's important that w- when we get on stage on Sunday mornings, it's not just run of the mill, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of going through the motions, Lord, but it is a special encounter mm-hmm. every week. And for most people in their church, that's the one encounter that they'll actively seek out to have with you. And the fact that we get to be a part of that and we get to be stewards of that is so special. Keep that on the tip of our heart, Lord. Let us be always in tune with what's going on. Um, we love you. We're so grateful we get to do what we do. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Worship Circle Podcast. As always, we want to remind you that you are loved, that you are not alone. And when you lead, when you walk with Jesus, we stand with you as an army of worship leaders that's growing around the world to bring hope to people who need hope and healing to people who need healing. We hope you join us next time. And until then, be sure to follow us on Instagram at, at Worship Circle and share this podcast and the information about it with any leader you know so that they can become part of this growing tribe of leaders on the earth.